he will be exalted. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. This week we're, I'm going to, is more of, uh, this Sunday I'm doing more of a Thanksgiving message. thought about doing it last week, but I kind of wanted to do it after this week and there's kind of a special reason for that. I was, look, I was kind of hoping to kind of get some inspiration this week and uh, I had a little bit, but... Uh, not as much as I was kind of hoping for. You'll find out what that is in just a moment. But let me read this passage to you, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, "...because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools." Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank You so much for this opportunity to preach Your Word, dear God. And I pray that uh, You'll help us, Lord, to uh, be a thankful people, Lord. And I pray that uh, not just during Thanksgiving we'll be thankful, Lord, but all year round we will thank You for all that You do for us and Your goodness to us. And in Your name we pray. Amen. Well, right here it makes a statement. It says, Neither were they thankful, and it said they became vain in their imaginations. It says their foolish heart was darkened. When, if we don't have thankfulness in our life, 
it's going to cause a kind of a chain reaction of a lot of other bad things that we don't want to allow in our life. And we just celebrated a holiday that's all about thankfulness. However, Thanksgiving, it kind of marks a time of year where uh, the last thing on people's mind is thankfulness. It's a time of year where you're going to see what I call the enemy of thankfulness cause people to do some things that are very, very extreme. And that's the title of my message this morning is The Enemy of Thankfulness. So what is that enemy of thankfulness? What is it? Uh, what makes this this time? They call it the most wonderful time of the year. You know that's how the song goes. But yet, sometimes it can be the most miserable time for a lot of people. What is it that is the enemy of thankfulness we're talking about? And that, simply put, is greed. Greed is what I want to talk about today. What is it that causes greed to show its ugly face? I like to put it. We all probably you might have seen some examples. Listen, I'm not preaching against Black Friday today. I, I, I enjoy Black Friday. I participated in it this week and I had a good time. And one of the reasons I waited to preach it this week, I was hoping for some inspiration. I went out at midnight and I was hoping to see some fights and I was hoping to see people get carried away. I don't think people ought to do that. Listen, I don't think you ought to fight over merchandise. I don't think you ought to push and shove and do that kind of stuff. I think that's wrong. But if it's going to happen, I'd kind of like to be there to watch it. But uh, I was hoping for some. I didn't see any of that. I'm telling you, the people in Sterling, from what I saw, they behaved themselves very well. Uh, everything seemed very orderly, and just uh, I was really disappointed. But at the same time, I heard I heard stories in the news. I heard at one store there was a shooting that took place. Uh, a shooting took place. Okay, um, there was another place I heard that a lady went and she took pepper spray and sprayed a whole bunch of people because they were getting near her stuff. And she wanted that merchandise. Okay, now that's nuts. Okay, that's that's wrong. I I saw a video one time where these people come just, I mean, running into this Walmart store and they knock this pregnant lady over. Does anybody help her up? No, they're all jumping over and going around her. And this guy's standing there and he's pushing people away from her, trying to protect her. They didn't care that there's a pregnant lady laying on the ground. I'm here to tell you, there's no item in the store that's worth knocking over a pregnant lady and just jumping over like that. I remember a few years ago there was a guy who a Walmart worker that actually got trampled to death. They were talking about that in the news this week. I heard about that. I didn't know about this part, but after that happened, they tried to close the store. And when they did, they got over the loudspeaker and they announced that the store was going to be closing because there had been a death. And the people all started yelling and cursing and swearing and just kept shopping anyway. They didn't want to listen. It's not worth it. But people, they get caught up in these things. Greed. It's 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 greed. That does that. It's greed that makes you, you know, want that one thing that uh, the, the other person maybe wants, and you just got to get it before they do. It's, it's greed. What is it that causes greed to show his ugly face? There's three things. They all start with the letter E, and the first one is envy. The first one is envy. I want to read a, a verse to you, Job chapter five, in verse two. Job chapter five, in verse two. It says, For wrath killeth the foolish man, and envy slayeth the silly one. It's funny how he uses that word silly there. Envy is something we've got, it's, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to envy people. You see, it's very easy to go and look at other people's possessions and other people's things, and it's easy, it's, it's a hard thing not to do to envy people. 
or to covet. But God has told us not to do it. Envy, it will destroy you. That desire to just want to be what other, uh, have what other people have or be what other people are. Envy, it's, it's the enemy of thankfulness. People who are envious of others are not thankful people. And not, it's really, it's the complete opposite. A person who is thankful, who has that spirit of thankfulness in their life, they're not going to be constantly looking at what everybody else has. And they're not going to constantly get upset at somebody who has more than they have. It's envy that causes that. We live in a society today where a lot of people, they, like, they do not like it and they don't think other people ought to have more than what they have. I believe that's communism. And communism hurts everybody. And it's envy that makes people want that. They don't like seeing people have things that they don't have. And envy causes us to want to compete with people that we can't beat. Listen, there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to have more money than you. There's always going to be somebody that's got a nicer car, that has a nicer house, that has nicer this, nicer that. There's always going to be somebody out there that has more than what you have. And to envy other people is a very dangerous thing because you can never be satisfied. While you might go ahead and you might get to where you have more than one other person, there's going to be another person out there that you're going to, that you'll start to envy if that's the way your heart is. If that's what you have in your heart, you've got to keep that, you've got to stay away from that. Envy. It'll cause you to want to compete with people you can't beat. Envy will cause you to follow people that you shouldn't follow. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 17 says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. There's a lot of people out there, there are things that they have that maybe they went, they went about getting those things in the wrong way. And if you envy those people, you're going to be tempted to do whatever they did to get what they have. And if you're, the Bible says, let not thine heart envy sinners. You've got to stop that. That's why so many people are following, uh, you know, the Hollywood crowd. They have so much. But these people, they're wicked and people are trying to follow after their lifestyle and it's destroying them. The morality in this nation is going down. People are doing, they watch what's going on on TV and they try to imitate it and they try to be a part of it. They want to have what everybody else has and they're envying wicked people. And when you envy the wicked, when you envy them, you're going to go, you're going to end up in the same place they are. You're going to end up miserable. You're going to end up defeated. You're going to end, uh, it's, it's something you do not want to do, but envy. It was kind of habit. I mean, when I used to work at the Walmart distribution center in Spring Valley, and I was amazed. I was just amazed at how many TVs would come through that place, especially around Black Friday. Those few weeks before, it seemed like that was all we would unload. I was an unloader. That was all that I would unload was just TVs, thousands and thousands of TVs, and I would sit there and I would scratch my head and think, Do I know anybody that doesn't have a TV? Do I know anybody that doesn't have multiple TVs? Why? I mean, what is it that, how do this many TVs get sold? And those very TVs were a lot of the things that people fight over. But the thing is, you know, and the TVs, they keep getting bigger and bigger. I remember when I was at Walmart, they were still doing those big TVs. The flat screens were just starting to come out. They were too expensive. Most people weren't able to get them. But everybody bought the big TVs and they, and then finally those flat screens come out. Everybody had to have a flat screen. Well, then you got to get one that's you know a 35 inch, and then 42, and then a 50 inch, and then a 60 inch. These TVs are getting huge. I mean, the movie theaters are going to go out of business because pretty soon people are going to have them in their house. I mean, literally, that's how crazy it's getting. 
And people, they, they just got to have more, and they've got to have the better resolution, all these things. And they just, and literally, people whose houses are full of TVs will go and fight over one. It's just, it's envy because their neighbor has one that's bigger than theirs. They had a 60, but their neighbor got a 72. I don't know what the biggest ones they're selling right now. But envy, it, it will, it is an enemy of thankfulness. When you envy, you're not, it's because you're not thankful. And then secondly, another thing that causes greed to show his ugly face is just enticing. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. Enticing, it means, it means to trick. It means to deceive. I'll go ahead and turn over there to Proverbs chapter 1. I want to read a, Pat, about ten verses here for you. I think this is very good, very good passage of Scripture. It says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. That's alright. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. talks about greedy of gain. When, people, when, when you start getting greedy, when you start getting envious, you are going to very, very easily will be enticed. You are very easily tricked. Enticing is something that we we see all around us. A lot of it is through advertising. You know all these commercials and things that they like during the Super Bowl. They'll spend millions of dollars put on there because it will entice you into buying their product. Uh, you could say that's good or bad. It's it's marketing. I understand what it is, but they're trying a lot of a lot of the stuff is literally fooling people. For example, you watch the beer commercials and you see all these people just having a great time. All these good looking people just having a wonderful time drinking their beer. And that people look at that and they think, wow, the only way to have fun, I guess, is to be drinking. And they think that they have to, they have to do these things and that's part of it. I mean, in, in the area where we're from, it would just drive me crazy. Literally every event, everything that goes on, everything people do, you just, there had to be alcohol involved. Otherwise, it's like they couldn't do anything without it. A lot of that's advertising. You see people doing all these different things and they're all, they're all drinking. They've all got the alcohol and it's, people think that's what they're supposed to do. And so they go get it and they'll get that, they'll get that one product. You see that with the kids. It's funny with my kids. I'll see how they'll fall for advertising. They'll see that thing where, uh, you know, free whatever. You know, kids don't read the fine print. It's like, I've had to tell my kids a few times, there's nothing free. But Dad, it's free. Can't we get it? No, it's not free. Look, you have to do this and this and this and you have to buy it. It's like, it's not free. They fall for it. It's enticing. And the devil, he does that. He, he uses these things. He doesn't want you to be thankful. If you're thankful, it's going to help you in so many areas. He's got to keep that away from you. So that people, the advertising, the devil, he entices you into thinking that everything's not okay. Listen, the advertisers, they do not want you to be content with the things that you have. 
The car companies, they don't want you to be content with that car you have. They want you to tr- want to get another one. They want you to keep buying these things. The television companies, that's why they keep trying to improve these things. That way they can put their commercials out saying that your TV now that you have is junk and you need this to be happy. That way you'll just keep buying. They're telling you that it's not okay, but the truth is we ought to be content with it. I mean, honestly, there was a day when just to have a car was a luxury. Now if you only have one car, you're a victim. You are in the poverty class and you need help from the government. Obama's going to come to the rescue. You know, listen, you're okay. listen, you should be thankful. You should be thankful to have those things. Nowadays, if you have two cars, I mean, it's not enough unless they're so new and they've got to have all these features and, and you hear that stuff and it's hard to be thankful when we are constantly bombarded with these things telling us you don't have enough. You need to go and get this vacation you deserve. Go do this that you deserve because obviously you're not getting what you deserve right now and you need, to, you need to get this for yourself. And it's enticing people. And people, the world, they think they have to have all these things and it's causing them to not be thankful. We become consumed with the desire to possess things that we don't need. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 27 says, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. That term there, hateth gifts, is not talking about like not wanting birthday presents or anything, but it's talking about, uh, it's talking about bribes there. Some people will do wrong if it will help them get more. But the Bible says if you do that, you trouble your own house. Your house is not going to be a happy place. Your house is not going to be a peaceful place. There's not going to be thankfulness in your house. If you do those things, it's going to come back to haunt you. It's going to cause problems in your life and with your family. And we don't want to be greedy of gain. It will entice us into doing things. It will entice us into taking those bribes and things. We have a lot of crooked politicians out there today who get enticed all the time into doing these things, thinking it'll help them get more power. A lot of them because they're they're greedy for more money or more recognition, whatever it is, and we cannot we cannot do that. That will cause us to want to try to get things that won't even help us. Proverbs fourteen thirty a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. If you do not have a thankful spirit, if you have an envious attitude, if you allow yourself to be enticed into envying, you're, it's, it's going to affect your health. But you won't be at peace. You'll, you'll have a higher stress level. And that, that kind of thing, it will affect your body. It will affect your health. Envy, it, destroy, it literally will destroy people. Don't be enticed to be an envious. And you can't if you're thankful. If you, are, if you have thankfulness in your life, if you are, have thankfulness in your heart, these things won't be able to get you. Listen, I'm not against trying to get nicer things. I'm all for that. But you should always be thankful for what you have. And if you can get those things, great. If you can't, that's fine. But our flesh, it's one of the most enticing things that we fight. Our flesh is what tells us we have to have these things. Isaiah 56.11 Yea, they that are they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be as this day, and much more abundant. They're talking about satisfying their flesh that day. These are greedy dogs, the Bible calls them. But it says we're going to do this today. We're going to satisfy our flesh. And tomorrow, we're going to do even more. You know why? Because the flesh can never get enough. 
It never can. It's going to have to be more and more and more. And you will never be thankful. Our flesh is tricky. It tells us we have to have these things. I've gone three days now without caffeine. And my flesh, it's been telling me, you need caffeine. You need it bad. I've had headaches and everything. I'm not sleeping good. And that's sad. That's just caffeine. If I ever got addicted to drugs or something, I'm in trouble. My flesh is weak and it's tricky. It tells me I have to have these things. My flesh, it tells me you need to go and buy that. You know, you need to go to McDonald's. You need, you need that. It told me that last night. And I listened. I wasn't even that hungry, but I just felt like eating. Our flesh, it tricks us. And listen, if I'm not careful, one of these days it's going to come back to haunt me. One of these days I'm still young enough now where I can get away with it to a certain extent. But I'm trying to listen to my elders and go off of their wisdom and realize these things will come back to haunt you eventually. I'm working on it, trying to get some control. But my flesh is tricky. It's very tricky. And we're enticed all the time. We entice ourselves. You say, I don't watch commercials. You don't have to. You'll entice yourself. In thankfulness, it will protect you from a lot of that. And then finally, the third thing, and I think this is the biggest one, this is the biggest thing that makes people greedy. And that's simply emptiness. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 31, you don't need to turn over there. But there's a story where Saul, he had made the, he had made this oath and he had told people, nobody eat anything. They were fighting a battle. And he told them not to eat anything. It was kind of a foolish oath. He shouldn't have made it. He said, anybody that eats anything, they're going to be put to death. And so the people didn't eat, didn't eat anything. And they were fighting this battle. And boy, they got hungry. They got really hungry. Their stomachs were empty. And it's really pretty disgusting. But in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 31, it says, And they smote the Philistines that day from, from Michmash to Agilon, and the people were very faint. Well, it's because their stomachs were empty. And it says in verse 32, And the people flew upon the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slew them on the ground, and the people did eat them with the blood. Right there, they were so hungry that like a bunch of greedy dogs, like a bunch of greedy animals, they just went and they killed those animals right there and just ate the flesh there. Didn't even take the time to cook it. Now, I haven't been that hungry yet. But that that's disgusting. But you know what? Emptiness, it it creates that greed. I think we have a natural tendency to want to fill what's empty. One example, an empty stomach. It affects behavior, doesn't it? You ever gotten grumpy because you were hungry? Where's the food? Getting hungry. You're not normally that mean. You're a nice person. But there's something about that empty stomach that can bring the worst out in people. And these people, theirs were so empty that they are acting like animals eating raw meat right there, fresh, still warm. That's just disgusting. But that's how empty their stomachs were. That's how hungry they were. That they did that. And all of us, we've been there before where we've acted in ways we wouldn't normally act just because of an empty stomach. When we have an empty stomach, what do we want to do? We want to fill it. Do we eat? And me, when I get an empty stomach, I want to fill it. I don't want to just eat enough. I want to fill it. I was at a buffet the other day. When I go to buffets, I try to fill the stomach. No empty space left. 
I remember my friend, we were at a buffet one time and he just ate a lot. And then after he, after all the food he ate, he was eating some ice cream. And somebody was like, man, you still eating? He's like, i got to eat this ice, have this ice cream to fill in all the empty spaces in between in my stomach where all the food's at. And just, you know, excuse me, like to fill it. Empty, empty spaces. Alright? Uh, husbands, if you ever notice, maybe your wife, there's like an empty spot on their wall. I've just got to get a picture for this. We've got to put something here. This empty space is just driving me crazy. You know, and then they fill all these empty spaces, and it's like we need a bigger house. We don't have room for all our stuff. And then you get a bigger house, you got more empty spaces. It's like we got to fill these empty spaces. We've got an empty room in our house right now. It's like we need to get a bed for it. We need to get stuff in there. So it's just it's natural. We want to fill what's empty. It'll and that can affect our contentment. That's why people constantly need more and bigger and better because they're trying to fill empty spaces, empty pews. That can affect the preaching. I gotta be careful about that. You know, how would you all feel if I'm like, we got all these empty pews here today. I don't even feel like preaching. I didn't, I didn't come here to preach to empty pews. It's like, hey, what about us? There's a lot of us here. We like, we came for some preaching. But you know what? Some people are like that. They'll preach one way to a full house and another way to an empty one. We gotta be careful about that, but and a lot of times they'll be so focused on the empty pews they forget about the ones where people are sitting. They forget about the people that are there, and that's a shame. That shouldn't happen. But it can affect things. Empty wallets. They can affect our marriage. That I tell you, money problems. That's one of the biggest things that are killing marriages today. People don't like having empty wallets or an empty bank account. It'll boy, that'll really affect your thankfulness. You don't have any money. Everybody's miserable. The happiest time in the world for some people is payday. The most miserable time in the world is about two days after that when it's already gone. And empty empty wallets. Empty houses. They can affect our happiness. Pastor Larry Brown from Iowa, great pastor, he uh he just lost his wife not too long ago. And I heard him preaching. He was talking about he's got a big, beautiful house on a lot of land, and he said that he just he goes in that house and that emptiness in there just it tears him up. It just and he he just resigned his church as pastor. His son took it over. He's in evangelism now, and I think a lot of it, you know he just wants to be in the road, wants to be busy, doesn't like being home at that empty house. You know, I don't blame him. I remember uh, just this last summer, my wife and kids, they all were in Missouri for about a week. And for a couple days, I'll admit, it was kind of nice. I got a lot accomplished. <laughs> not having not having anybody around the house. I got a lot done. But you know what? After a few days, it's like, this is really getting boring. This is getting kind of old. I was ready for I was ready for them to come back. Empty, empty house. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think all of you have been there where you wanted an empty house, and some, but not for a very long period of time. And then finally, though, and this is the big thing, is empty hearts. That'll affect it. That that'll affect everything. One of the reasons people just go crazy this time of year is really a lot of it's just empty hearts. They they go with all their traditions and things because they think that's what makes people happy. They think that you know while it is while it is fun to go to the store and get caught up in all the craziness and to buy all the stuff and just. That that is fun, but at the same time, what is it that makes it what makes it special? It's you know the family and just the 
You know, I, I enjoy giving presents. I enjoy all those traditions and things. But really, a lot of people, they're just trying, they're trying to imitate something they don't have. And the truth is, the very thing, the only thing that can really fill our heart is Jesus Christ. They're trying everything. They're trying to do all the traditions. They try to manufacture the perfect Christmas. And they'll do it and they'll have a good time and everything, but they still walk away from it empty a lot of times. And it's pretty sad because people are running frantic all over. They're trying to fill their heart with everything that Christmas is supposed to be all about. The Christmas dinners, the presents. But the sad thing is what Christmas was originally all about is the only thing, it's the very thing that could fill people's empty heart. And it's the thing that people forget. I mean, we've totally forgotten that Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. It's all about His birth. It's all about how He came to earth, how about God gave His Son. So for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God gave a great gift to earth that day. God gave that gift of Jesus Christ. And yes, we were the receivers, yes, we were the receivers of it. And it is great to receive that gift. But you know what? I don't think that Christmas is all supposed to be all about the getting. And that's what it is anymore. What am I going to get for Christmas? And I understand that with little kids, but even adults can be the same way. A lot of them are out buying the stuff for themselves. What can I get for Christmas? What kind of fun stuff can I do for Christmas? And they and and they'll go and they'll try, they'll get caught they'll get caught up into this envy enviousness and being uh, enticed. And they're thinking, I've got to do all these things to be happy on the holidays. And the truth is, the only thing that can truly make you happy is Jesus Christ and having Him in your heart. That's the only thing that can fill that empty heart. That's why people are involved in so many crazy things today. There's an emptiness inside of them and they're trying to fill it. That's what we do with things that are empty. We try to fill it. They do not have Christ in their life. And so that's why people get involved in some of the even cults that they're involved in, some of the just crazy groups that are out there. It's people that are trying to fill an emptiness. They don't know the truth. Nobody has taken the Bible and shown them how to receive Christ as a Savior and how to invite them into their heart and how He could fill that emptiness. They haven't seen that. That's why people are just going crazy trying to get things and possessions and thinking, if I could just have this much money, if I could have this house, I, then my heart would be full. Then I would be fulfilled. And they're going after all these things and it just never seems to work. They can never seem to have enough and all they're trying to do is fill something that's empty. They're trying to fill an empty spot in their heart that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. And we've got to get that message out to people today. We need to get that. We need to remind ourselves of that. Even though we're Christians and even though we're saved, sometimes we forget about what it's all about and we get so caught up in ourselves too. Just we kind of follow the leader. We follow what everybody else is doing. And we think that we're supposed to do all these things too. But the truth is, Christmas and, and really all, all year ought to be about what we can do for God and what we can do for others. I think all the adults in here, any parents that are in here, you could, I think you would agree with this, that when you were a kid, you enjoyed Christmas. You enjoyed getting the presents. But the truth is, when you got older and you had your own kids, it's actually even more enjoyable when you're the one giving the presents. When you're the one spreading the joy. It's better. I've been the recipient of a lot of gifts in my time. But I'm telling you, there's something special about being able to do something for somebody else. There's something special about... about being being able to help meet that need in somebody else's life. And you know, really, you cannot do that if you're not a thankful person. 
You can't, you can't do it. If a person has a problem with greed, greed, it's the enemy of thankfulness. If, you, if greed is in your life, you're going to be way too focused on your own needs to notice anybody else's. And you're not going to get that experience of being able to help somebody else. People who do that are people who are usually truly thankful people who realize that they do have enough. That they are, they are content with what they have. I'm not against goals. I'm not against trying to accomplish things. I'm 100% for that. But at the same time, I'm 100% for being thankful and learning to be content. Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He was content with his life. And he was in some bad situations, but he was content. We need to realize as Christians that there's really no point we can ever get to in our life where God has shortchanged us. The truth is, all of us today, we deserve to be in hell. Because we're all sinners. That's what we deserve. To me, anything above that is bonus. Heaven right there, that's enough. Even if even if God, after He saved us, we had to live a miserable existence on this earth. It's still worth it if we can go to heaven. But you know what? That's not the way it is. God, He'll, he'll make your life better. He'll bless your life. He'll, uh, he'll give you that fulfillment that people are looking for. All bonus to salvation. We should. We have no business as Christians get caught up in this and to have become unthankful. This time of year, we do. We see. We see how greed creeps in. We see the people getting greedy with the shopping. One thing I've seen. I remember last year around Christmas, I started noticing it was just a few days before Christmas. And I remember I took some of my kids to the mall. We were in the mall, and there were so many screaming kids in there that night. I mean, just it seemed like all the kids were just out of control. And I remember looking at it, and I was, I don't know, I'm not a psychiatrist. Sometimes I think I am. But I'm looking around at the mall, and I'm seeing all these advertisements and things geared towards kids. I'm seeing Santa Claus and the big line of kids waiting to go see Santa Claus. And I'm seeing the kids, they're, just, they're overwhelmed with all this stuff. And I'm just, it's like it's, that greed would just set in with them. It's like they want it all. They want that toy. They want that toy. They want to see Santa Claus. They don't want to have to wait in line. They want to be first. I've heard, even uh, at Disney World, I've heard it's very common to see kids there just screaming and going nuts and throwing a fit and yelling at their parents at Disney World. Why do they do that? They're just they're overwhelmed. It's like they want to get it all at once. I kind of remember being that way when I was a kid in some ways. We do not want to do that. We need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. The Bible says in our first verse we read, it said, neither were they thankful. And they became vain in their imaginations. In other words, the things they thought about were empty. Some people right now, they're going into a great time of year, one of my favorite times of years, but all they're thinking about is vain things. They're thinking about presents. They're thinking about you know different things that they can get for themselves. And the Bible says their foolish heart was darkened. It, we don't want a dark heart. It'll make us kind of people we, other people don't want to be around. It'll it'll make us it'll make us unhappy. It'll make it'll affect our family. We will we'll trouble our own house. Don't let that become a part of your life. So as we stand together this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed, if the Lord spoke to your heart, I hope you'll come.